Last time on the podcast, we began the first half of a cost-benefit analysis of automation, preparing you for that big first meetup with an expert. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back to episode four. It's worth a listen. We covered the cost aspect of a cost-benefit analysis, how our experts develop a project scope, the pain points they typically address, and the hidden costs to look out for. Today, we're discussing the benefit side of automation, and wow, is there a lot to cover. So let's take it into the studio. Hello, and welcome to GeekSpeak, the logistics automation podcast. I'm Sarah Gomez, host of the podcast and social media manager here at Geek Plus. As always, we're lucky to have our resident expert in the studio with us, Andrew Matsui, head of key accounts for Geek Plus Global. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. From the UK, we have Simon Houghton, head of sales and marketing for Geek Plus UK and Ireland. Hi, Sarah. Glad to be back. And also joining us, we have Jonathan Cortolacci, head of innovations at Geek Plus Americas. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right in and turn to the benefit side of a cost-benefit analysis, both direct and indirect benefits. I think our audience is familiar, for the most part, with the direct benefits of automation, like higher productivity, reduced operating costs. But today, I'm more interested in discussing the indirect benefits, the stuff that only inside experts like you know, stuff that you can't easily find on geekplus.com. So with that, Andrew, take it away. One angle I would like to add, I guess, we were talking about economic stuff um, uh, for in terms of the cost-benefit analysis, I guess, to focus on this because I, I, feel, I, I feel a certain degree of passion towards this topic, is the, um, the non-economic uh, benefits that incur, uh, occur from the automation. Um, things like standardization, things like uh, the um, uh, eliminating procedures and simplifying procedures so that training becomes ultra easy and sustainable. And you, you can hire somebody from day one and start using them as a, with the same quality as you know, uh, veteran, you know, very old um, timer operators. Also reducing mistakes and in, improving accuracy. I think th those are the benefits that uh, we, we can also focus on as well, because actually, indirectly they actually uh everything in the warehouse costs money and indirectly that actually uh reduces uh, improving these parts will actually reduce the overall management cost of the warehouse uh actually if you if you're like printing things and you're matching them up the invoice and the and and the uh, the shipping note in the office that's one hour of work you don't need to do that with automation it all automatically uh, connects to the WMS. It spews it out from the printer, uh, and there's no, you know, that's one less management aspect. And this actually uh, collectively uh, accumulates to a significant amount. Now, this is a very difficult uh, uh, way approach, I guess, and um, hard to quantify. Um, but this is a, a definitely another part of uh, the. Um, the, the assessment that customers should do, I think. Uh, I've seen more, more in more or less cases that they do not uh, do this comparison. It's just a simple uh, comparison between storage capacity, the space utilization, the, the, the square meter, the cubic meter, the square meter uh, space usage, 
the throughput capacity, the uh, the uh, the headcount that is needed. Uh, and uh, some companies will go further into electricity and mapping the energy uh, footprint consumption, but they actually don't usually go too much into the indirect management cost. Uh, but that is actually a significant uh, part of the warehouse operations. So uh, that would be an interesting avenue to kind of uh, walk walk through uh, during the uh, the pre-sales phase, the designing phase as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, those those indirect costs are important, Andrew. I, 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 um, we, um, we've seen it in the UK as well with where they've had like facilities management and canteens and things like that. And, you know, if the, if the, if the head counts reduces then that's removed less than it needs to be just the the employees you know number of employees on site the insurance all of these sort of things potentially can be reduced or removed in some cases um you know we think we talked about <clears throat> on a previous podcast lights off type environment so the, you know, the lighting and heat the, that's huge issues now in the uk from a cost saving benefit but that added indirect benefit i guess for the end customers so you know the orders are beginning picked faster more efficiency less errors the consumer benefits from that and overall the you know we all do ratings when we're ordering online you know if the goods have arrived well picked correctly and on time or faster than expected we give them a five-star review and you know that's helps the general direction of the business although it's been a you know an indirect uh, benefit yeah, so the interesting thing about warehouses is that they are located in places, rural areas where the climate is not too um, friendly towards human uh, human habitat, right? And essentially, warehouses when we it's it's good for warehouses because that actually means that the land is cheap, and and it, it's it's more economic uh, for warehouses to be bigger buildings to be in such places. And uh, it reduces the cost for logistics and supply chain. However, um, the 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 thing about warehouses is that uh, we we need to make the habitat. We need to change the climate uh, within at least within the warehouse within the box, uh, so that we can sustain a person working in there, uh, doing heavy labor uh, for eight, eight plus hours, and that consumes a lot of energy as well as money and uh, electricity, et cetera, to conduct. But uh, I, I guess um, uh, that that is something that we, we need to um, really target during the, uh, the, during the design and ca calculation phase. Uh, basically, we, we try to reduce the, the indirect cost as well. I think this is an approach that uh, if uh, many of our salesperson can take, uh, looking into the uh, indirect cost and 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 walking with the customer through that journey of of calculating and really designing a warehouse together, then I think that'll greatly increase our our uh, project success rate as well as our customers' business success. We've seen P some direct intangible benefits, certainly with three PLs as well. Now three PLs you know, provided fulfillment services for their customers. And a lot of the time it was always manual because putting in automation for in contract logistics for some, you know, customer which may change every two or three years was always difficult. Whereas now the flexibility uh, and scalability of AMR solutions mean that a, three PLs can start looking at multi-client sites 
And if some of those clients drop off, then new ones can come on board and the system typically can adapt quite easily to those newer clients. So the benefit is, well, um, they can put in automation, run that site with less people, uh, get more storage density uh, potentially. And, and um, from there leads to a reduced contract logistics cost for the end customers. So indirect benefit actually for the 3PL is they'll potentially gain more loyalty from their existing customers and gain new ones by putting in AMR rotation. So another one would be, I guess, brand brand image. I think uh, a lot of companies nowadays are, are taking that as a very corporate agenda where uh, they, they, they want to send out a message towards their end customers and partners and uh, investors of a certain company brand and company image. And um, I, I don't think the modern world is, uh, is well too welcoming towards, you know, basically these sweatshops in, in Southeast Asia or, you know, um, very bad working environment, uh, just having people uh, work hours and hours with within you know a, a warehouse these are these are not a corp a good corporate message i think and and kind of automating is is also kind of motive the motivation for automation also comes from from stems from that as well i think uh so that's an interesting uh part of the industry right now i think uh is that it's not just from the the direct economic benefits or the dire need towards uh towards uh, labor force uh you know securing labor force etc but also from those social social commitments and brand images that people choose automation so one one case one case that i would say is interesting is you know if even if the roi doesn't cut it and basically there is no economic benefit uh, some customers will actually choose automation. Why? Because yes, there are di indirect uh, benefit and the intangible uh, benefits as well. But you know, because of these uh, social commitments and also brand image, and also just you know all these other stuff, non-economic aspects, they choose automation. So uh, it's 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 a it's a, it's an interesting and strange uh, age uh, that I think we are working in. I think another um, intangible to touch on is not even just the flexibility and scalability of our systems, but even the mo mobility of the entire solution. So one thing we've recently seen customers take advantage of is the ability to literally pick up their solution and ship it uh, to another warehouse. So we've seen customers leave uh, maybe higher tax environments, higher cost real estate and go to more business friendly areas. Um, and we provide them the ability to literally pick up their solution and drop it back into a new building with um, extremely limited uh, downtime. And that's just not possible to do with fixed infrastructure systems. Uh, one interesting thing, I, uh, one other interesting thing, um, I'm just kind of building up on my brand image part, is um, sometimes come, uh, governments will give companies grants or you know um, some uh, support financial economic support towards implementing automation or uh, et cetera, if they do it in a specific district or city or uh, an area of the, you know, of the, of the country. 
uh, they do this for um, to develop that part of the, the city, et cetera, to invite companies into there and create jobs that are, um, you know, beneficial for the company's, uh, the, the company's image, but also for the country's image and also for, you know, as, as a city development uh, agenda. A big example of this would be Singapore, I guess. Singapore has multiple uh, structures, government's policies that support these companies to develop their uh, warehouses and, and to uh, automate their warehouses. So now we see a lot of companies, especially 3PLs, gathering in three, uh, Singapore, uh, building all these big boxes uh, full of automation. And, and it's, uh, although it's a very, very small country, it's it's so lively with with uh, the supply chain, right? And that that's that's an interesting part of the, this cost benefit uh, topic as well. I think. Simon, any more indirect benefits? And then if we can move to some direct benefits, just to make sure we have them covered, that would be great. Yeah, I think um, the whole. Uh, I suppose, journey with looking at automation in general and specifically AMRs. Um, we know that there are significant cost savings, that we know there are intangible cost savings. Um, and, you know, that, that start of the journey will look through the pain points. Um, and by default, those cost savings will likely to, to come through automatically from there. So we, we do expect to see considerable benefits. Um, and I guess as a sort of um, consultancy type of role when we're going through and, and sort of walking through the customer site, we, we, we would look through those pain points, look for the best solution and uh, buy you know, immediate benefits from that solution. We'd expect to see cost savings and potentially can help point them in the right direction as to building that business case better to sell internally. Um, we've you know, got quite a bit of experience now with um, certainly calculations of what the number of heads uh, the, an automated solution will say, that's where the biggest cost savings will be. But in, in addition to that, we, we do know, you know things like consumption, ongoing maintenance. You know, if, you've, if the business has already got some sort of automation and it's traditional automation, so lots of conveyors, lots of steel, lots of moving parts. We would expect some big sites have resident engineers to maintain that equipment. AMRs don't need anywhere near the amount of that ongoing cost. So, again, another benefits um, from from potentially AMRs that you know, apart from being a, a, a lot significantly lower to buy initially, but also that those ongoing costs will be significantly lower. So, yeah, I think overall, you know, really happy to look at any particular site idea concept a customer wants, and then hopefully build the case up with them collectively. Uh, we're not looking to just sell a system blindly it's a very much a collaborative approach to make sure that it's uh that there's benefits to be gained um because whoever we're talking to normally is at the front end of operations they've got an idea they want to sell it internally they have to sell it internally so we would work with them to help build that build that case from there final thoughts gentlemen yeah, I think the topics were uh, relatively well covered as far as cost benefit analysis. Um, I think it was mentioned, you know, the the direct and indirect uh, cost benefit analysis, as well as the different sites that we might encounter, be it greenfield, brownfield, um, and whatnot, and and also just the general idea that we are 
seeing some change in how companies perform their cost benefit analysis and uh, customers just generally taking on more willingness to uh, enter the AGV and AMR space uh, where they traditionally might have gone with safer or, or more familiar technologies. So um, definitely an interesting topic and think it was well covered here today. I, I definitely think that uh, in, this, is a, this is a very valid topic that every customer at some uh, point in their uh, journey will have to uh, go through. So uh, I think we were able to uh, cover uh, the main points and I, I think we were uh, able to uh, uh, define some of the, the, the indirect part that uh, kind of, you know, get, gets lost in the bushes sometimes. Uh, I think uh, deep diving these more uh, will be a benefit to the customer. Uh, these are actually hidden money, right? Hidden caches that uh, the customer can really cash in on. Uh, they just don't understand it, uh, and if they don't see it, then you know it's 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 not. They're not going to be able to capitalize on it. So, um, I think as an automation company, it, it is also our mission to expose these and make sure that the customer understands and can really benefit from uh, doing automation, not just from the physical uh, operation aspect, but from the economic and um, you know, financial perspectives as well. Thanks once again for joining us, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been good talking with each of you. And Simon, thank you for joining us once again. Thanks, Sarah. It's a pleasure again to, to discuss these challenges in the business we have and really enjoyed it again. Looking forward to the next one. When we return for our next edition, we'll spend the episode answering an automation question from our audience, and that question could come from you. If you have any questions for us about automation, our robots, or the logistics industry, please send them in. We're on LinkedIn as Geek Plus, that's a plus sign, or you can send your questions to geekspeak at geekplus.com. Thanks for joining us.